Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach Christopher McCollum. And thank you very much, Dick Warren, and thank you, my dear listener, for being with us again today. If you are... (coughs) Pardon me about the sound effects... Um, if you are joining us via video, well, bless you. And you'll note that uh, the fabulous Clarice Connolly, our uh, frequent guest co-host, uh, is both here today, but she's setting up something in the back. She's setting up a beautiful display, so she'll be with us in a moment. I want you to know all about her. She'll join us in a moment. But I also want you to know that today's show, Magnificent. We're going to talk to a couple of guys who are approaching business and organizational consulting from very different perspectives. They're authors. They've got a lot to say about leadership, about organizations, about management and change. So uh, if you're interested in organizational coaching or coaching leaders or coaching people going through some sort of organizational change or planning one, you've arrived at the right place on the right day. In the meantime, we should shout out to one of the... Look, if you're a baseball fan, well, you're in the minority. But if you are, you uh, know that we are in the middle of, a, or just towards the end of a great World Series here in the United States of America. If you haven't been watching, you should, because there's been every kind of inspiring, exciting baseball, and there's going to be more of it tonight. Um, you can be for whomever you want, but uh, I will just say that in the spirit of the enemy of my enemy is my friend, I am voting against the Dodgers, which means I'm for Houston Astros, in case you cared, which I doubt it. But that, something you do care about is the International Coach Federation. Look, we are delighted, honored, and just excited to be uh, in our fourth year of media partnership with the International Coach Federation. Our partnership gives us the opportunity to support the fine work of the people in the organization and doing the great work that the International Coach Federation does. It's the world's largest organization of professionally trained, trained coaches. It's an independent certifier of coaches, provides independent certification of coaches, and it provides accreditation of coach training programs. If you're looking for your coach credential, people are wondering who all these folks are behind us. It's awesome. Um, If you're interested in a coaching credential, if you're interested in um, getting more resources for yourself, if you're interested in the largest trove of available research on coaching, if you're interested in just getting benefits and getting together with coaches in your local area, any of those things would be an excellent reason to go to coachfederation.org. That's coachfederation.org and check out the ICF website, which is just chock-a-block with all kinds of information. You can watch videos on there and get CCEUs. You can find out about training programs, accreditation, or just get information about what's happening in coaching as well as learn a lot. Um, Check it out, coachfederation.org, or follow them on Twitter at at ICFHQ. That's at at ICFHQ on Twitter. All right. uh, The great and powerful Clarice is settling in here. Clarice, what would you like people to know about you? Yeah. Well... I am a women's empowerment coach, and I am supporting women in really just learning how to love themselves and how to put themselves back on their priority list and really to get clear on what it is that they want in life and the things that are in their way of having that. And you can find me on an amazing website called empoweringwomen.coach. Nice. 
You sound very relaxed. Yeah. Uh-huh. Very grounded. Meditated this morning. Nice. Connected with the great. <clears throat> Connected with the greater. The greatness <laughs> that we are all a part of. No, it's good because um, <clears throat> we need your counterpoint. You know, it's going to be a bunch of uh, middle-aged guys talking today, <laughs> right, about organizations, yes. which is probably not anything the world needs now that I think about it. But um, or- organizations and leadership. Yeah, so thanks for being here. Again, Clarice is our in-studio guest co-host today. And mm-hmm. uh, you can find her again at empoweringwomen, plural, dot coach. All right. Uh, we want to shout out to our longtime sponsor of this program, which is Accomplishment Coaching. But we can do that at the beginning of the next segment. This segment, let's get to our to our first guest. He's an extraordinary man and an author. Okay, we're not going to get to our first guest. <laughs> we can do a shout out with AC. Yeah, let's talk about that. This, I feel like we're doing the impression now of the uh, of the um, the people who spoof NPR on Saturday Night Live. Like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> Why that. not that? That sounds great. Sweaty I'm, balls, yeah. I'm excited. All right. Um, AC, Accomplishment Coaching? Accomplishment Coaching. Yeah, the, the longest sponsor of this program that we have is Accomplishment Coaching, and we're delighted not just because they send us their money, but also because it's the world's finest coach training program, and that's not hyperbolic. That's not advertising copy. That's actually the design of the program. It's designed to give you more hours, more information, more didactic learning, more actual experience coaching, and more being coached than any other program. In addition, it provides coaching of real-life human beings from the outside world, not just coach your neighbor or go home and find somebody to coach your friend and stuff like that. You're actually practicing on real people. You're getting more coaching than any other program in the world, in the world. It's an extraordinary program, the top-line program, and it's not for everyone. But if you're interested in the finest things in life. If you're interested in taking one coach training program that will set you up for your career uh, Mm -hmm. as a coach, Mm -hmm. you should check out Accomplishment Coaching. One of my favorite things, Clarice, is that you can go to Accomplishment Coaching and actually for free, for very little uh, investment, watch the coaches training program in process. And by very little investment, I mean you just have to let us know you're coming and then show up couple of hours, right? Two, yeah. two and a half hours mm-hmm. of the coach training program in process. You just get to sit there and observe like a fly on the wall. And um, the, it's an extraordinary opportunity. Even if you choose a different program, it's great to see what's happening in the world of coach training. Because I don't know about you, but when I go find out about coach training or try to, I get sales pitches. Sales pitches, presentations, get-togethers where their uh, graduates try and pressure me into coaching. Uh, that's coaching school or choosing that school. And I don't enjoy all those things. But I do enjoy going and looking for myself and making an informed decision using my own brain. So if you're interested in that, check out accomplishmentcoaching.com. They're in six cities across North America. Here's your choices. If you're, if you're not in North America or if you're not near one of these cities, the program for you is in San Diego. It's a fly-in program. It meets half the number of times as the others. And uh, it starts this month in November. Check it out, accomplishmentcoaching.com, the San Diego, it's called a modular format program. So they do the program in San Diego, also in Seattle, Washington, Victoria, B.C., which is gorgeous, the Windy City, Chicago, Illinois, uh, New York City, the Big Apple, and our nation's capital. And where do we need coaching more than our nation's capital in Washington, D.C.? Yeah, that's a very, <laughs> very good point. Man, especially. Now, granted, a lot of those folks are going to be in jail soon, but... Still, there's enough people to coach there. <laughs> All right, if you're interested, check it out, and you should be. 
every human should go and check it out. Accomplishmentcoaching.com is the place to go. All right. Well, since our first... Hey, listen, people. If you make a plan, if you are confirmed as a guest on a podcast, I recommend that you show up and be where you say you're going to be. Because uh, here's what's going to happen. This guy is not only going to not not be with us today, but are we ever going to book him again? Yeah, I don't <laughs> think so. Right? Hey, now, accidents happen. Things yeah, it, come up. it could know. be our could be our bad. Mm-hmm. It could be. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. All right, so we're not going to talk to him. Do we want to see if our second guest is available? We certainly can. Yeah. Maybe I'll stop up for that. Why don't we talk about you and uh, the work that you're doing, or do you need to focus on something else right now? Um, I can talk about both. I am really excited. You know, you think you're doing both, but not really. Huh? We can tell. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to... Uh, power text. Done. Nice. That's the, see, when you have the ge- second, second guest on <laughs> speed dial, you know, you can just throw it in a text and be like, hey, nice. what are you doing? You want to you wanna come on early? Nice. Um, so me, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm working with Empowering Women. And for me, it's really amazing because I live in an empowerment house with women who are mindful. What, and what does that mean, to, an empowerment house? Um, so it's women who've been through a lot of trauma. And that are, well, I mean, it could be big and small, right? It could be anywhere from childhood abuse to sexual trauma to, um, you know, just psychological abuse or just parents that are not emotionally available. And so with healing themselves through kind of creating a higher power, whether it's spirituality as the universe or maybe it's God or maybe it's... Wicca you know, or Mother Earth or whatever it is, right? It's like really getting a divine connection to something bigger. So you can kind of realize that like while the stories feel real and they're intense and they did happen, you can kind of surrender or really turn that over to someone else or something else or whatever it is that you need to kind of pull you through it. Can I ask you some challenge questions? Yes, please. So one thing is, you know, it sounds like it could be incredibly healing, mm-hmm. um, maybe emotionally healing, but also like in a spiritual sense, really ground you in connection to all of it, whatever that all of it is mm-hmm. for people. Mm-hmm. But it also sounds like it could go the other way and just be a place where people whine and bitch and moan all the time and that really sort of fosters victim consciousness. How do you address that or how do you deal with that? It's kind of, I like that. That's really great. It's kind of cool because... Again, there's about 10 of us or 12 of us. Um, and when you get an opportunity to... Two-bedroom he- place? I'm kidding. It's eight. Six. But <laughs> when you hear that you're not alone, like that you haven't, you're not the only one that's experienced such trauma or such, you know, whatever, um, it normalizes that maybe you've talked yourself out of the experience or you've buried it or you've never actually looked at it or you've never experienced it or never felt it. You just kind of bottled it up and was like... Nope, not today. Um, so when you actually get a chance to express it, you kind of get a chance to mourn it or be angry about it on purpose. And I think when you kind of release that, it almost loses its energy or it, it loses its significance or intensity. Hmm. Nice. And so, you know, when you do it on purpose with intention and do it deliberately, you really get to see like, okay, this has haunted me since it happened or for 15 years or my whole life or for six years and that's the part for me that I'm I'm really in love with is it like then what because people have used that as their identity I've been a victim to this or I've been bottling this up and taking it out on everyone else and so then once you get to realize like hey you could still carry this 
make it your life or you could choose something different. Mm. And that's where you get like the pivot point of like, it doesn't really haunt you as much when you finally face it instead of stuff it in the corner and make it a shadow and make it this daunting, scary thing. Okay. And um, it's a choice point. You know, you, you get to see that you can release the energy it has on you and, you know, have some therapy, healing, and, you know, whatever modality it is to support you through. And then you get, like, the freedom to choose, like, what will life look like now that that's no longer who I am. And do people sort of graduate, choose to graduate out of the house, or is it like... Yeah, absolutely. Some people, it's just, like, a place to, like, okay, yeah, I'm very clear. I have codependency, you know, things I need to so work I'm on. go live with 12 people? Is that a good plan? Yeah, absolutely. It creates a codependency is normally like the opposite sex, but then it's also like when you're high, highly mindful of like, hey, I can tell you're like leeching onto me with your energy. People start to like confront you because everyone knows that your highest Ah. intention or your biggest like what for is because you want to be your highest version of self. So when you're kind of doing that addictive or compulsive behavior of codependency or, you know, addiction to caffeine or whatever it is people can be like hey is that more of your mm. you know avoidance strategy or is seven that more cups of, of your... coffee seems like too much yeah let's talk about three yeah, yeah. or <laughs> you know herbal teas or something like that <laughs> so it's really great to like be able to hear how people are all working with their inner child and how to really focus and address that and to really hear that and see how while the stories have differentiating factors that we're all kind of just really desiring to be loved and whether we weren't loved by our parents or loved by our first significant other, we get to really or create... Or our last one. Or our, or our last one or all of them, right? <laughs> we really get to kind of see that those are just the obstacles in the way and that we can kind of create something different once we actually look at them and then choose to move forward with them instead of disassociate from them or bottle them up or sweep them under the rug or pretend like they never existed. And where are you in the process? Do you think you're almost graduated do you feel like yeah. you just got there and you need to spend a few years no no I've been there about a year a year now and it's you know luckily for me I'm I'm not really I don't have an a, a substance abuse so I'm not really addicted to substances which mm. I feel like god bless like I'm learning now is one of the hardest things yeah you, you're talking to a guy who always has coffee with him right yeah, yeah. and okay. so I'm just really lucky that that's not the thing that I have to work on so I really get to see like how um you know, I'm I'm working with just like my di- my addictive substance is food. I just want to emotionally eat my feelings. Oh, nice! And I'm doing that, really great. I'm that's doing my really family's great. done that for generations. Yeah, so you're gener- in good generations. So yeah. I'm, you know, that luckily, you know, God bless everyone else. I'm learning. It's it's, it's a really hard fight that never ends, but it's it's really great. It's oh. been really insightful and really wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing that. And in that sharing, we've uh, we've located our guest, and of course. I feel terrible about having cast aspersions on our on our guest because, as a parent, you know one of the things we know that we cannot control is the health and um, and needs of our kids. And apparently, there were some sick kids involved. So we're delighted to welcome, for a brief period of time, to our microphone, James Sudakow. He's an author and owner of CH Consulting, a boutique management and organizational effectiveness consulting practice. He specializes in companies managing organizational transformation, creating talent, manage, talent management strategies and programs that maximize, are you laughing at me? No. That maximize employee capabilities and improve business performance. You should, when you write these things, you should always say them and find <laughs> out if a human can, can speak. Um, he's also author, and I love this, of the book, 
picking the low-hanging fruit, dot, 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 and other stupid stuff we say in the corporate world from 2016, a humorous illustrated corporate glossary that sheds an irreverent light on weird business buzzwords. Please welcome to our microphone, James Sudikow. James, am I saying that correctly? You are. Great. Uh, and thanks for the, the flexibility with four kids in a house. So sometimes that's <laughs> oh, part of the four. job. <laughs> here's my, here's my yeah. rule. Don't have more children than you have hands. That's my, that's my rule. I know. Uh, I've realized that's all the hard way. I can't take it back now, but I'll, I'll apply that to other people. <laughs> <laughs> can I take it back now? <laughs> I, think that, uh, I, I think that, and I feel like you should ask this from your, from your centered place, Clarice. I feel like a great place for us to start would be work, with work-life balance because you've just had a challenge in that area, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Yeah, you know it's funny. I've been writing a uh, I, I'm writing a book about work life balance, and I think it's purely to solve my own problem. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to help anybody else, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'm definitely trying to solve my challenge. And it's a tough one, you know. I run a business. I, I'm the sole financial provider, and we have lots of you know dependents running around the house. And you want to try to figure out how do you how do you do justice to both? And today is a fine example of where I'm not sure I did, <laughs> but a lot of the times I think that. You know, you work really hard, and I've been working on a kind of a compartmentalizing strategy where I just kind of focus on one and then the other versus trying to juggle because I don't think my mm-hmm. brain's capable of juggling. Mm-hmm. I've been trying that for a long time. Well, we got a, a lot to cover in a brief period of time, so I want to apologize to our listeners if we seem to be, you know, skimming stones on the surface. But let's let people know that they can always find out more by going to your website, which is James Sudakow. That's J-A-M-E-S. Sudakow is S-U-D-A-K-O-W. Dot com. That's S-U-D-A-K-O-W dot com, jamesudakow.com. I want to talk about leadership succession in organizations. Talk about yeah. your left turn. The, um, the thing that I find is that it doesn't matter. You know, usually we think about this in terms of organizations like mine, where I started it kind of like you. I'm an entrepreneur. I started my own organization. And sooner or later, I recognize that I have to replace myself or find somebody who can do it better or mm-hmm. something. But I think usually we think about leadership succession in terms of an organization that's of size, you know, something in the mm-hmm. 20 million or larger, where it's hilarious to me how often I'll come into an organization and they have zero plan for succession. I know. It's seen as a threat to the powers that be or something. So will you speak to that for a couple of minutes? Yeah, and I, I have the exact same experience. You know, it's one of those things where you look at a company and, there's a lot of time spent on strategy and a lot of time spent on technology and all these really important things. But the thing that I always tell them is, you know, it's the people that actually make those things happen, right? And your long-term um, differentiator is actually people. So creating, you know, I hate to use this term, but creating a pipeline of really well-developed, you know, high-potential people is what is making your business sustainable. Right. So it is, it's eye-opening how, how infrequently there's kind of formal ways of doing that. You know, that's actually what I end up spending most of my time doing is actually helping companies either build programs that actually help, you know, get those next level leaders ready or even identify them in the first place mm-hmm. or even provide kind of individual coaching as people try to make a jump from one level of management and leadership to another. And I remember, you know, when I jumped from a director to a VP level when I was internal before I started my own practice, that, that was probably the hardest jump I ever had to make. Mm-hmm. And nobody really tells you about how hard that jump is. Everybody focuses on, you know, when you go from an individual contributor to the first time managing people, and that, that's a big jump. But I found the director to VP jump to be so much more significant. Um, and to your point, those are the levels of jumps that require people to get ready to take on succession and next level of top leadership. So it's interesting because how many gaps there really are in companies around those really important steps. Mm-hmm. What would you say? Like, what would you say are the three signs that it's time for leadership succession? 
You know, you mean in an organization? When is it yeah. time for them to actually start thinking about it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would say, you know, I don't even know if there are indicators other than it should be kind of part of your formal practice. So one of the things that I always tell people is, look, we spend an, every every year we get together and we talk strategy. Every year we get together and we talk budget. Why not every year talk succession? Not why shouldn't we be talking about our people every year, right? Because the reality is, let's say we've done a great job identifying future leaders. Most of the time, they're not quite ready, or may have quite a road to go before they're going to be ready for that act, taking on the helm. So the thought is, you know, on an annual basis, we should be doing things to help move them along that path, or even expedite them. If you know, to your point, if there's a red flag that we know we've got a leader who's going to be leaving soon, or if there's going to be a kind of a large scale restructure that's going to throw a lot of changes into the organization, we should be ready for that. And the only way to do it, in my opinion, is to kind of be on it early, kind of proactively do it the same way you do your annual processes around budget and strategy and anything else. I like that. I want to I want to go back a step, and this may be just for per- personal privilege, so to speak. The, the thing that I get is, how do, we, how do we tell leaders that it's time for them to look at their own succession? Or said it a different way, you know, I'm, I'm at the top of my organizational chart, right? And yeah. some days I definitely have the fire and the spunk that I once had, but most of the time, no. So yeah. when is it time for somebody to come to me and say, you know, there, we need a new position called old guy sitting in the corner <laughs> for you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and people love that title. <laughs> right. They love taking that job. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things that I tell people is, you know, we start this conversation of legacy, you know, because anybody that's in a top leadership role or anyone that's built something, you know, there's enough in them that it's not about the here and now. They, they, most people want to have some sort of legacy of what they did and what they built. And that's when I usually start that conversation, which is, you know, how, what's the legacy you want to leave and how do you want to leave it? And how do you want to make sure that what you built is sustainable beyond you? Um, and that's the conversation point that actually usually starts to trigger, you know, I don't want to do this forever. Or, you know, to your point, I don't want to be the old guy who moved into the corner box, but I certainly don't know if I want to if I have the energy to keep doing what I did. Which then leads usually to pretty interesting conversations about, well, then let's see, let's tap the organization. How do we structure this so that your legacy continues uh, and you don't necessarily have to be as operational? You don't have to be as involved. You can kind of play more of a coaching and a mentoring role. And sometimes I've found that as people move into that, that level of I've done this for a very long time, they start to more and more enjoy and feel that their value comes from actually mentoring others, right? And that's where you can start to make that shift towards, hey, let's move this other person or these other people into more kind of frontline leadership roles, and you play a role behind the scenes or moving towards that to really help coach and mentor them. It's really great. Thanks for, um, thanks for highlighting that, because I think it's super important, you know, not just for me, but anybody that works for me knows that it, me too. <laughs> Clarice, I know you were interested in you were interested in the book, right? The picking the low hanging fruit and other stupid sta- stuff we say in the. I know, world. I love this title so much. I don't. So, wh- like, what can we expect oh, right. in the book? What is it about? Tell me, share. Yeah, so I'm ready. So for me, uh, you know, I've grown up in the corporate world, and actually, I started my career working for you know Deloitte Consulting, one of the biggest con- consulting practices that there is, and you know, consultants are notorious for having their own language, and we were no different, but. I've always kind of had a little bit of a being out in left field perspective on the business world, which I think has been nice. Um, And so I I just remember hearing this 
this being inundated with all of these words that I just didn't, I'd never heard before when I was doing my thing in college and hanging out with my friends. And it was funny to me. And I said, well, why do we even talk this way? This is so bizarre. And so, you know, me being me, instead of, you know, trying to learn how to use those terms, I actually started keeping a, a running log of every time I heard somebody say it and how many times I heard them say it. So, and then the list was kept super long. And, and I, I just remember when I got promoted to a manager there, you know, that, that, that usually meant you were on a pretty good track. And, you know, ultimately maybe you'd get to be a partner and you got moved into an office and you got like a whiteboard and that was really cool. And so I, I decided I was going to use my whiteboard just to write down all the terms that, you know, I was going to put my foot down. And I was going to say, nobody's allowed to use these terms, at least in my office. I, yeah. I can't control the whole company, but I'm going to control my office. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I failed miserably, of course. But everybody actually found it really funny. And I found people coming in and writing new words on when I was out on business trips. So it nice. kind of became this thing. And then I just said, why not turn it into a book? It's, it's entertaining. Um, but maybe it'll have a slight impact on people using them a little less frequently. Mm-hmm. All right. So give us a couple right now. Things that things that we're probably saying, may have said today, that we should just stop. That people should just everywhere. If you could wave your magic wand, you'd have us stop saying. Well, I think my one of my... The ones I want people to stop is I hate I hate pinging. I don't like it when we ping each other. That one drives me nuts. Um, I think the, the developing a deck. I'm not sure where that even came from. And so we you know we do a lot of PowerPoint presentations, as you probably do too. And everybody talks around they're building a deck. There's straw men that we build. There's paradigm shifts. There's deep dives. All of these things. Uh, and I think my my all time favorite, the one that I would love to stop, is baking people into the process. I'm not oh. sure you guys ever use that one or not. <laughs> I, I really use paradigm shifts, and I totally use dig deep. We'll do it. We'll do a deep dive into that later. Deep dive. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Uh, send me your deck has been one of my things. Uh, later. Yeah. All right. Well, our time has uh, flown by. We're delighted to be with you, and thank you so much for being with us, especially with all the circumstances and sickness that uh, you woke up to this morning. Um, okay. Yeah. How about a how to right. <laughs> How about a, a parting thought or a parting shot? If you could say something to 50,000 coaches listening, what would you have us know today or take on or, or maybe stop doing today? Well, yeah, that's a great question. You know, the, the one thing I would say if to, to coaches is, and this may be sacrilegious, but my experience has been that there isn't a right or wrong way to coach people. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of methodologies out there and there's a lot of certifications out there. But mostly what I've found is um, the ability to kind of put yourself in their shoes and to listen to what their issues are and to ask questions of them in a way that challenges thinking. If there's three things that I've learned about how to really kind of get people to do it, that's one of the best things that I've learned. Great. Well, thank you so much for uh, that call for empathy. Thanks for being with us and working out your, your own work-life balance today. That's James Sudico, and you can find him by going to jamessudico, S-U-D-A-K-O-W.com. Before we come back, more uh, talk about leadership today on The Coaching Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcAuliffe.com. 
Are you seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the strict standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation. Through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules of training, Accomplishment Coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world. Visit AccomplishmentCoaching.com to learn more. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, the coaching show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Gotham Books presents Marriage Rules by Harriet Lerner. The book Martha Beck calls required reading for anyone hoping to interact successfully with any other human, not just for those in romantic relationships. Get your copy wherever books and ebooks are sold and visit harrietlearner.com to learn how to change your marriage today. Do you want to be a professional coach? Are you in business trying to make a real difference with people you manage or work with? Have you started a coaching practice that isn't quite getting off the ground? Get the skills you need to be a successful coach today with the Coach's Training Program from Accomplishment Coaching. The Coach's Training Program will show you how to help others focus and be more fulfilled. Whether you want to improve your company's bottom line or create a thriving coaching practice, Accomplishment Coaching can give you the distinctions and practices you need to coach others effectively today. Accomplishment Coaching has spent six years developing a cutting-edge coaches training program that will have you ready to coach people professionally in just 12 months, and you don't have to take time off work to do it. To find out more about the coaches training program, just call 1-888-548-6813. That's 1-888-548-6813. 